WNYC Studios is brought to you by Zbiotics. Seize the day after a night of drinks with Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink. Zbiotics was invented by PhD scientists to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is most responsible for making you feel crummy the next day. Drink Zbiotics before your first drink, drink responsibly, and you'll wake up refreshed and ready to take on the day. Try it for yourself at zbiotics.com/wnyc and get 15% off your first order when you use WNYC at checkout. That's zbiotics.com/wnyc and use the code WNYC at checkout for 15% off. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. This is All of It. I'm Allison Stewart, live from the WNYC studios in Soho. Thanks for sharing part of your day with us. Whether you're listening on the radio, live streaming, or on demand, I'm really grateful you're here today. On the show, the 95th Academy Awards ceremony aired last night, and we recap the show with Gothamist arts and culture editor Ben Yakis. Everything, everywhere, all at once swept the awards with former child actor Kiwe Kwan taking home the statue for Best Supporting Actor. We'll hear my conversation with him and his co-star and national treasure, James Hong. And in honor of Women's History Month, we'll speak with author Reagan Penaluna about her book spotlighting four female philosophers. It's called How to Think Like a Woman. That is on the way. So let's get this started with the latest installment of our Watch Party series where we all watch a work of film or TV and then get together to break it down with an actor or creator from the series or the movie. Today, we're talking about the breakthrough series, The Last of Us. During last night's Academy Awards telecast, host Jimmy Kimmel introduced presenter Pedro Pascal and joked that more Americans were currently watching him somewhere other than the Oscars. That's because at that moment, HBO was airing the final episode of The Last of Us, the series about a reluctant duo of a grieving father and an orphan teen traversing a post-apocalyptic United States. The show has become the rare appointment viewing television in a show of landscape of on-demand streaming. It had HBO's second largest premiere episode audience in a decade with 4.7 million viewers, and its penultimate episode of the season drew in almost double that number. Heralded as the first great video game to series adaptation, it's managed to draw in gamers and non-gamers alike. And today we're excited to be joined by the only actor from the original video game to reprise her role in the series, Merle Dandridge. In both Dandridge plays Marlene, leader of the resistance movement known as the Fireflies, who played a huge role in last night's finale. And by the way, if you're not caught up with The Last of Us, I'm letting you know there will be some spoilers. I'll try to do my best to push them towards the end of the conversation. That said, if you know the game, you know what went down. Here's a quick recap. In the series, we meet Marlene in the first episode and Ellie, who is important to the Fireflies and possibly the world because she is immune to the zombifying fungus, cordyceps, that has infected everybody and destroyed life as we know it. Later, Marlene, not everybody, almost everybody, Marlene enlists Pedro Pascal's Joel to safely transport Ellie across the country to a Firefly's HQ in Salt Lake City where they can perhaps figure out how to take Ellie's immunity and find a cure. That was episode one. 
Now fast forward to last night. After seven harrowing episodes full of hordes of infected and bands of violent raiders and a community of cannibals, Joel and Ellie reunited with Marlene, but it seems Ellie's well-being may be sacrificed for the greater good. Merle Dandridge is an actor who's appeared on screen in film and TV. Big fan of her work as Pastor with a Past on Greenleaf and several other video games. She's even won a BAFTA for her video game work. She's also show folk. She's appeared on Broadway and shows like Ida Rent and Once on This Island. Merle, it is so nice to meet you. Hey, great to see you or talk to you. <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> do you have questions for Merle Dandred? We're talking about The Last of Us. She plays Marlene from both the game and the series. You can call in and share your reactions to the season finale. 212-433-WNYC. 212-433-9692. Or maybe you've seen Merle on stage. 212-433-WNYC. 212-433-9692. Social media is at all of it WNYC. That is Twitter and Instagram. So, of course, Merlina is the leader of the Fireflies. In the first episode, someone calls her the, the Che Guevara of Boston. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we don't know that. We get to know a little bit about her. We get a little bit more from last night. Um, how much work did you do yourself for this role to create a backstory for her, even if we don't know it? I'm curious about your relationship to Marlene and her history. Oh, yeah. Well, anytime I endeavor to take it, to put any character out there, I have to know a lot about them. I have to know in um, a very lush and long and intricate history about who they are. Otherwise, I'm you know, I'm I'm uh, playing at the moment rather than being in the moment, mm -hmm. and um, and that was of course the case with Marlene and what is so fantastic is that what I think the the viewership is picking up on is that every character was even the small characters in the game and in the show were bolstered by having their own lush history and even anybody in with this backdrop of a you know post apocalyptic world everybody has been through some serious serious stuff so you can bet that every person you're meeting has a backstory which is why i really love you know little little moments that like um, in episode eight, when um, the young girl is crying about somebody that Joel had killed, you know, it's her father. There are consequences to everything that happens in that. And so um, as far as my own work, yeah, all of those things were so important. And of course, the relationship with why well, I mean, why is Marlene so connected to Ellie? And that is so steeped in who she was before and her relationship with her best friend from childhood. So that relationship lived in my heart for a long time. And I cannot tell you how delicious it was to play some of that relationship out on screen with somebody like Ashley Johnson, who I've known so long, who was, mm -hmm. of course, Ellie in the game. When you think about Marlene, why do you think Marlene became a leader? Mm, uh, there is a, a a sense of grit and selflessness that she has that, um, you know, when we are in those difficult situations, there, as as the, the conversation that is actually coming up, do you choose selfishness or selflessness in those squeezed places and she is constantly confronted with selflessness in and um we had to see that played out in many ways and what i really love about the way that it is drawn is that you get a chance to see 
how hard that choice is every single time for her. And, you know, specifically in this, it's, I don't know if I'm going to give a spoiler for people who haven't watched it, but making the choice in the flashback that we start with that, that is not Mm -hmm. just for the greater good, but is for the good of this person that she loves her best friend for life, you know? Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the game and in the show, Marlene and Ellie's mom had been close friends. Um, but the scene in which Ellie is born is only in the TV series. And the mm-hmm. way that Ellie meets Marlene is different th- between the show and the game. When you read the script, what did you what did you make of the changes? How did you feel about the changes? Um, you know, what's interesting is that, in yeah, in the game, it's presumed uh, and alluded to that Marlene and Ellie have been together for a while, mm-hmm. you know, that Ellie is, and and they, they are like a team and that she's been watching over her in the, you know, in, in a more literal way, not literal, but, but more um, uh, face-to-face, you know, sharing life together kind of way. And what I think is very interesting about the HBO adaptation is that the, while she is carrying on this resistance, it, it might be crippling, one, to have this piece, this vestige of her life before, something that is, um, I mean, I, I guess it could be considered uh, an Achilles heel to have mm-hmm. a child that is, um, that reminds her of who she was, reminds her of her humanity, of her past every single day, that one, that could be hard for her to to, to interact with that daily, but also her life is very dangerous. So it is not the safest place for her to be, for Ellie to be close to her. So um, I loved, and and obviously I love my dear Bella Ramsey, what a mighty comet she is. Um, That one of the first scenes that both Bella and I did in the series was the one where we're in the, um, uh, where she's still chained and I'm, you know, and we have the conversation, you are, uh, you have a greater purpose and that any of us could have ever imagined. And that conversation, oh, I just, as soon as I saw it on the page, I was like, oh, this is, this is delicious. But it, it's also assumed that inherently Ellie understands and sees and, and feels in that time period, this is, this is my connection to who I am. This is the closest to family that I have. And she, even though she's kind of a, She's a tough cookie. She does trust Marlene in a very short amount of time. Yeah, we actually have a little piece from that a first encounter. I think it's a little earlier than you're talking about, Merle, where, where Marlene has Ellie and she's chained up because kind of waiting to see if she's going to turn into a zombie. Um, and they start talking. This is before the, you sort of Ellie has the realization. But let's take a listen. This is from The Last of Us. So can I go? No. I won't tell anyone about any of this. I swear. Where are you going to go? Back to Federal Military School? You that anxious to be a soldier? You think I chose that place? They put me there when I was a baby. It's for orphans. They didn't put you there. I did. Ellie. You're my mom or something? And look like your mom? No, you're not. My name is Marlene. I'm the leader of the Fireflies in the Boston QZ. Why would you terrorists dump me with Fedra? Because it's where you'd be safest, and you were safe there until you decided to sneak out. A terrorist? Was Riley a terrorist? 
Ooh, and learn about that in a little bit. My guest is Merle Dandridge. We are talking about The Last of Us. Listeners, our phone lines are open if you have any questions for Merle Dandridge about The Last of Us. She plays Marlene from the game and the series. Our phone number is 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692. If you want to weigh in on the finale last night, social media is at all of it. WNYC. So let's talk about some of the big picture questions. The show brings up such interesting big picture questions about who are good guys, who are bad guys, what do you do in the face of crisis? So the firefly, firefly, excuse me, are the resistance fighters. Sometimes they're considered the good guys. They're fighting against this, the FEDRA, the pseudo government that's come in and supposedly made everything safer. (laughs) Um, In your mind, are the fireflies the good guys? I... Have to 100% believe that the fireflies are the good guys. Yeah, because Marlene is uh, giving up every uh, every iota of of self to lead this, to be a beacon, to be a uh, you know hold a torch of hope for everyone to to remember and believe that there is a life. Of, of freedom beyond this, beyond this military regime, and that if we can just hold out that hope, we will have our, you know, some semblance of the life. We can't go backwards, but we have some semblance of the life that we had before. But we can't just accept the status quo. And I think that's an interesting concept in general that, you know, that we always push back against or, or question or reconsider um, what what might be in front of us. You know, it's interesting. We had Craig Mazin on the first, I think after the first episode aired. Oh, fantastic. Isn't he so smart? Oh, he's so he's smart. Hilarious. You know, he's, <laughs> he's so kind and smart and you just feel smarter talking to him. Um, and I remember thinking in sort of, sort of laced throughout the conversation was the idea of like, while the, there's the video game aspect of it and there's sort of the epic nature of it, that it really is a show about relationships it's a That's show, right. you know, you might tune in because you want to be scared of the zombie mushroom heads, but then you find yourself tearing up because of the relationships between the people. And I'm curious what you feel about the role of relationships in this show. <laughs> it's funny you talk about crying. This show makes me cry constantly. <laughs> I watched it with um, uh, with Craig and with Neil and with Troy and Ashley last night and uh and, and I, had, of course, had seen I had seen it uh, a couple of times. And they're like, is this the first time you saw it? And I was like, no, <laughs> it's not. And they're like, you're still crying? Yes, I'm still crying because the relationships mean so much to me. And um, I think you touched on something really beautiful in that that the, the humanity and that connectivity is why people's heartstrings are and 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 why their their souls just kind of open up around these relationships that when in this um confrontation in this this tumultuous relationship between even Marlene and Joel that it's not just uh, a transaction it's not just a, a a heated transaction that they're having yeah she said i will uh, get you your guns. I will get you your batteries. You have to do this for me. Okay. And then even when she gets there, she's like, we owe you, you know, I, I acknowledge that, but behind all of that is a history of the, the wedge that she drove between Joel and his brother. 
recruiting Tommy as a firefly, having a relationship with Tommy, you know, and and a million other things in which they have just kind of agreed. Let's walk our parallel paths here. Okay. We shall not really, you know, um, we'll, we'll try to leave one another alone, but in this case, they, they have to. And the fact that we could, we get to see how invested Joel has become in this girl, despite mm-hmm. his desire to stay a lone wolf, to not even have a relationship, even in his relationship with Tess, he's like, okay, that's the closest I get, but we're still, we still have an understanding. So the fact that he falls in love with this girl again, and then we get to see that this, this, um, we get to see how deep Marlene's relationship with this girl goes that her her entire connection to who she was the her love her family before the last reflection that she had like physical manifestation that she had real love in her life real care before she became this soldier um that she has to sacrifice that it's um the 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 decisions are not made without great weight and great um, personal loss. My guest is Merle Dandridge. We're talking about The Last of Us. We'll have more after a quick break. This is all of it. This is all of it. I'm Allison Stewart. My guest is Merle Dandridge. We're talking about The Last of Us. The finale was last night. We're still pushing the spoilers. I'm going to take it. I'm going to keep going. Keep going. Push it all the way to the last five minutes of the interview. Um, this is so fascinating, the idea that you originated the role in the video game of, mm-hmm. of Marlene. What do you remember about the audition process? What do you remember about going up for that role and, and your thoughts as an actor, being an actor uh, in a video game? Because this was, this was um, a while back. Yeah, it was, if you can believe it, 10 and a half years, 10 and a half years. I, I can't believe that this rich and wonderful, complicated, strong, conflicted woman has been in my life for that long. She's such a fantastic character. And um, and she has also brought so many wonderful people into my life, like my friends. These people are my friends and my family now. Um, but when I auditioned for it, um, it was in 2012, and I got the script, and, and honestly, the, one of the scenes, it was um, a, slightly different than what you saw last night, but the scene when um, Joel wakes up was my audition scene. And I that was the day that I met Troy Baker, who played Joel in the game and played James in episode eight. Um, and that was also the day that I met Neil Druckmann. And I, I remember walking into the room and just feeling like, ah, this is, oh, the energy just felt good. It felt really good. And, um, and I remember Neil asking me, have, have you ever done any, any game work before? And I named, named, uh, a couple of things and, and he was like, oh, oh yeah, I've heard of that. I didn't know until maybe a few months ago that he'd already knew he <laughs> and, lo- and really loved my video game work previously. So I was walking into to a friendly room already, but I, I could not believe he was like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I yeah. think I've heard of that game. I was like, dear Neil. <laughs> um, but I went in and, and did that scene, um, which 
I don't know. It was it was really really fantastic. And then, you know, flash forward to being able to be on on the set together and uh I, and it was the first time that I had done mocap as well. So there was there were a lot of different uh learning curves around how how to operate in that world, mm-hmm. but um, immediately, I was just like, you know, when you see it on the page, you see a character that that has so such a rich life that mm-hmm. you you don't even have to work hard to to bring your imagination to it of what she's been through. That's how I felt when I met Marlene, and I was like, I must play this woman. What was something that you were able to do in the series with Marlene that you maybe had always wanted to do um, that maybe being the video game didn't really lend itself to, but that a television series would lend itself to? Mm. Well, a lot of things help your, um, I guess, your your visceral sense around it because we are actually in the environment. Mm. And I, I was watching it, watching us come out of the woods in the middle of the night. And I was like, oh, yeah, three in the morning, <laughs> 20 degrees. That's how that felt that night. Yeah. Um, so it brings, it brings you into a presence and an immediacy already. Um, and, and there's just something different about, um, interacting thing with things in real time. And I had to get a crash course on how to handle a weapon. I'll tell you, (laughs) you know, and to make it look like it's secondhand. Um, and the, the, gosh, the, artists on the show, the the props masters, the set deck, everyone, they were so extraordinary. Like I, it is one of my favorite things watching the show to see all the little detail that they put into it. But um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. I'm curious what the reaction is like from people who are fans of the game and then people who have come to the show, come to the game via the show. Like, Is the reaction different between game fans versus TV fans? Well, the the reaction from the game fans is, um, I think, familial and, um, you know, like as as if your your tribe is being acknowledged mm-hmm. and seen, you know. And it's really interesting that a lot of people that I know didn't know that I was part of the game, which is uh-huh. also very interesting, you know, because it's not something like, oh yes, this is my resume. I don't <laughs> walk around with that, but you know, some people that I. Lo- you know, love and care about that we get to talk about it. This is a a world and a character that I really love, and to see people's passion about it, and for for those people who care and know it as canon, for them to feel seen and like the that the the story is so wonderfully served. Mm-hmm. It's a a great I don't know. It, it's like going around the campfire and telling old stories, that feels great. And then a whole new audience who gets to experience this in real time. It's, um, you know, it's like, I've said it before, but I just feel like, you know, I'm in the in the bleachers and and cheering for my old friend, like who's hitting the winning game, mm-hmm. game point, you know? And I'm just like, yeah, man, here we go. Let's take a call. Cody's calling in from Brooklyn. Hi, Cody. Thanks for calling all of it. You're on with Hi, Hey, thank you so much for taking my question. I don't want to gush, so I'm going to keep it short. If the roles were reversed... Oh, come on, gush, let's talk about it. (laughs) Yo, it's so good. I thought I was going to hate it. I thought I was going to hate it. I played the game. I'm a big fan. And I think because so many people that were part of the game have so many fingers in it, it's just so nice. 
Wow. Well done. That's, see, that's the oh. highest form of praise. Those those people who have rocked with us for so long and still means a lot to them. I love that. And it's not old. The game is old. I'm playing it again. So good. And yeah, but, it, it, but it's know. a new experience now, right? Having seen the show. And it is also because I don't know exactly everything that's going to happen because of those changes. It made a big difference. Wow. Wow. I'm not really, I'm not really a hater, but I was prepared to not like it. <laughs> wow. That's prepared. what's up. I'm glad, you, up. I'm glad you gave yeah. it a shot, Cody. So it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm playing, I'm playing the part two now and I can't wait to see what you all are going to do for this next part. Mm -hmm. um, I'm making a man play the game. It's very cool. It's nice when stuff that I like is not terrible. <laughs> Thank you for calling in, Cody. We appreciate it. Our phone lines are open 212-433-9692, 212-433-WNYC. My guest is Merle Dandridge. We are talking about The Last of Us. This, I hope this doesn't sound like a naive question, but I'm really curious about how does... How does acting for a video game work? I mean, my, in my mind's eye thinks, okay, maybe it's like voice acting, but I, my sense tells me there's another dimension to it. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, voice acting, my, the first game that I did, I was alone in a booth. Then with The Last of Us, it introduced mocap. And, you know, when you're alone in the booth, you can read it off the page if you need to, but, but mocap is more Will like- you explain mocap to people who don't know? I'm sorry, it's motion capture when you put on the scuba suit and you have all the little dots all over so that all, there are hundreds of cameras all over the stage that will pick up every little movement. So in TV, you have to do it over and over again from each angle, but every camera will pick up what you do. And um, everything is implied. So like a, a weapon is probably just a plank of wood. So we have to, we have to work with a lot of imagination, and we mm. do this soundstage, um, and and act it out just like theater. Um, and that was a new modus operandi for me, which I actually really really enjoyed because you know I'm a Broadway girl. I saw you in Once on This Island, all that sand. You, you were, did, yeah. You were great. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was that was a great show. I, I was going to ask. I'm going to do a sidebar now that we're going down to Broadway cuz like people can't see you're I'm you're sitting where there's a piano and maybe a guitar in the in the background. Um are we going to get to see you in a, a musical again in our fair city? Uh I would really like that. I was actually just talking to the director of of um once on this island, who's now uh, Michael Arden, who's now directing Parade. I can't wait to get mm -hmm. back to see it. But I just came back to do a little uh, cameo. My dear friend Anthony Rapp, who's the original Rent cast member, I just went went and did one of his little encore series. Uh, not little. It's an extraordinary mm -hmm. show. Please go see Without You, especially if you are a Rent fan. Um, and go see Parade. I mean, go see all of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> You're a theater kid, it sounds like. I am a theater kid, and I got to get back on the boards. I'm about to do little night music here in L.A. at Pasadena Playhouse, cool. playing Desiree Armfelt. A little Sondheim moment. <laughs> Love that. All right, I think I'm going to wander over into the uh, the spoiler. I'm going to try to keep let's, it vague, but I'm letting people in. know. Um, so the final scene, your character's fate mirrors the original ending of the video game from 2013. Mm -hmm. What was it like to return to that moment, to that dialogue? You said it was your audition piece that, like, oh, 
that very, very, well, no, that, in the room was your audition piece, but that very, very final moments we have with Marlene. Yeah, that was a tough day. You know, we were filming that in a working mall <laughs> parking garage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was like people were going to Sephora one level up <laughs> and then here we were down, you know, um, on, on the bottom floor. It, yeah, it was tough. Um, it was, uh, and, and I can't put my finger on what, what the emotional block I was having around it, except that this negotiation was life or death. And both of us were making a decision, both Joel and Marlene are making a decision that will change everything. Um, but you can't play that in that moment. They're just trying to survive and they're trying to, um, you know, get what they want in that moment and, um, and, and save what they're fighting for. And they're both deeply conflicted and, um, and they have so much history, all three of those people in that, in that scene, even with the sleeping Ellie. Um, so there was, there were a lot of moving parts in that scene. Um, and mm. I, <laughs> and for all of those people who, um, want a little extra, if you want to go on YouTube, that scene is also played out in musical form <laughs> from, from when we did it in uh, mocap. So go look that up. Oh, bonus points. Uh, do you have time for a couple more, a couple more calls? Of course I do. Yes. All right. This is a thrill. Justin's calling in from Brooklyn. Hey, Justin, thanks for calling. Hi, great to be here. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little nervous. It's okay. Hey, Justin. Uh, I just had a couple of questions. Uh, well, for one, I was wondering, uh, what was it weird seeing people like Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker like on set, but like not playing the versions of themselves that, that you've known so well? No, it was fantastic seeing them because it felt like the DNA of how we created the the piece and the story was was you know present and in everything it was because uh, Craig and Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann who created the game and um, their co showrunners um, were so partnered so beautifully to make sure that um, so much of it was was the integrity of it and um, and the the departures of it were so meaningful and um, accurate and um, I guess really serving the original story so so well. So having them on set was and also you know Jeff Jeff Perry who played uh, Jeff Perry. <laughs> such a Steppenwolf fan. <laughs> Jeffrey Pierce um, who played. <laughs> Jeffrey Pierce, who played um, Perry. No, what am I? Merle. Yes, he played uh, opposite Kathleen. Goodness gracious, I'm having a total brain fart this morning. Um, but who who played the original Tommy? He was also in the show, and it was so meaningful to have those people around. Now playing opposite Ashley, um, who played Ellie in the game. Uh, for people who know. Ashley Johnson played Ellie in the game. And so I already had this kind of, um, you know, familial sense with her for her to play Ellie's mom just felt right. And it felt good. And for us to reconnect on the set of The Last of Us, it was so meta. It was great. Let's talk to Marie. Oh, sorry, Mario calling in from Queens. Hi, Mario. Hi, first time caller. Thanks for having me. Uh, I just wanted to say um, I really enjoyed watching the series as a uh, game player when the game came out. 
I remember uh, playing this game over the winter with one of my friends. I have always been an Xbox uh, console player, and this game came out exclusively for PlayStation. And uh, I remember going to his house, you know, every day to play this game for hours, and we promised not to play without each other, and it kind of felt like, you know, we were playing a movie, and to see it be, mm-hmm. you know, re- remade as a, as a series and to see how accurate it was, it was really entertaining to to kind of watch, you know, the step-by-step play and wait week by week to see, like, you know, where we're going to end up to now. And uh, I enjoyed it all the way through. Mario, Oh, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, it brings an interesting point. You know, obviously, you've been on a lot of different shows, a lot of series, not your first rodeo. So what do you think this does well as a TV series? We've been talking about it as an adaptation all the time, but I just want to take it out of its, out of that, that arena and just put it in the arena of a series a, a piece of work for screen what does it do well mm, I, I think it presents um really beautifully drawn characters who are put in the toughest most extraordinary position of their life to um let in and and interact with and contend with love and relationship and at the end of the day, aren't we all searching for some or dealing with how it how love will give us the greatest joy and also give us the greatest pain of our life? And all of these characters, every single one has that <laughs> terrible squeeze in their in their experience. The Last of Us, the finale was last night. My guest has been Merle Dandridge. Thanks to everybody who called. Thank you so much, Merle, for being with us. Everybody go watch Greenleaf. It's really good, too. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Thanks, Merle. Nice to see you. Oh, great to see you. Thank you so much. And thanks, everyone, for watching. I appreciate it.